Hi, this is Kim Davis and welcome to another DMN one-on-one. This is a very unusual and special edition because I have with me somebody who is usually based in Lagos, Nigeria, but is currently on uh, an international round of meetings. Ilo Ume, who is CEO of the Terragon Group. Welcome. Thank you very much, Kim. Um, thanks for having me to your very nice offices in New York. And thanks for the award. Um, um, DM 40 under 40. Um, yeah, it was a big, big pleasant surprise. You, yeah, you're very welcome. And one of the reasons your, your uh, submission, which somebody made on your behalf, jumped out at us was that you have a very large market, both in Nigeria and Sub-Saharan Africa, generally, uh, you're doing really interesting things with marketing and marketing tech, but you face a whole different environment and a whole different set of challenges from US or European marketers. Can you set the stage for us about the differences? Absolutely. Um, so um, we are broadly uh, a marketing technology company, data and tech company, and people would wonder what is different about our offering. And I say everything is different. Um, we are not betting on the internet. Um, we, a lot of our connections in Africa is 97% prepaid. Mm-hmm. And of those guys who are 97% prepaid, they buy data. They're not always on the internet. Um, the folks who are on the internet is about 20% of connections uh, on the continent. And when you, that is not the, that's not the target market. These are the affluent people. Yeah. And what drives consumption? Every marketer knows the guys who drive consumption are the middle layer, right? right. Um, and uh, so you want to target that middle layer and to get to the middle layer is a mix of internet and um, and offline habits mm-hmm. so with 97% prepaid people use a U- the USSD and SMS channels very very well um, they use it more than they connect to the internet so how do we bring that fold into um, the, the, the bracket um, we've gone about it in a very roundabout way um, we have been historically a business, uh, a mobile advertising business. We have a programmatic stack. So now we've built out a data management platform on the supply side. So our publishers and co, we're able to understand um, the, the profiles and the identities of the folks who are behind um, the traffic that they see. We've gone into the, on the telco side. On the telco side, we connect to telcos and help them with data monetization, putting our DMP um, software into the telcos. Then we, with those two sources, those two sources make up our, our, our supply side, the publishers and the telcos. Then on the demand side, we have a CDP, a customer data platform that goes into enterprises. And with, the, with our CDP, the, and the entire stack is proprietary to us. With our CDP, we connect the, we connect the CDP into, um, the, into the demand side and we organize the data. Um, we clean the data, we organize it, we make it relevant. And we intelligently connect the demand and the supply side right. based on um, the needs of our customers on the demand side. So that's really how we go about it. In this part of the world, the CDP is a CDP. Nobody talks about the DMP, right? right. Well, but in Africa, we have to solve the full chain because there's nobody else solving it. Okay. Um, and there's different assumptions you make about your markets. You were explaining to me, just because somebody isn't always online, doesn't mean they haven't got money to spend. Whereas in the United States, you see somebody who never connects, you think that's not our consumer, but it's different for you. Yeah. So it's very different. It's very different for one of our customers in Nigeria is Heineken, mm-hmm. the brewery. Um, they, they, they sell beer, right? 
and they have our they have, they have our, our CDP. And what what do they what do they, what do we find? We find that some of the guys who consume their lager yeah. um, spend as much as three hundred dollars on airtime wow. every month. And that airtime, they don't use that airtime to buy data. Right. In fact, their phones are not smartphones. They have regular feature phones, but they spend as much as $300 on their, okay. on their phones. In that sense, if, if, our customers, if, they, if our customers could look at them as feature phone users without digging deeper to understand what is behind the profile behind that phone, um, it would be incomplete. They yes. would never target that person as a, as a consumer. Um, so that is a typical example of what we see. Yeah. Um, you go into a market where somebody has a smartphone, um, but the person doesn't spend about $5 a month on, on data because right. the, person, the person is a dependent or spends about $5 on, on cell phone. Why? Because their parents buy them a smartphone, <laughs> yes. right? Um, they, they, they get Wi-Fi from their parents' data bundle. Um, but that person doesn't have a disposable income. Yeah. You know, we need to be able to build those nuances into how we target, right, for, 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 for yeah. our customers. For, yeah, yeah nuances sounds right, because uh, here in the United States, if you told a digital marketer, I've got an audience for you, and it's people who almost, almost exclusively use landlines, they're going to think the demographic is older, yeah. non-urban, yeah. not much yeah. disposable yeah. income, yeah. 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 but it's very different. So. In a sense, this is what differentiates you in the market from the big US vendors who have an international presence like Salesforce, Adobe and so on, because they're perhaps not alive to those nuances of the market where you are. Absolutely. Um, Salesforce, um, the bigger and the global and the much larger um, marketing tech players are, have built technology that is, of course, relevant in probably 80% of the world, mm -hmm. excluding Africa, right, yeah. Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, but that is also, that's an opportunity for us. We, we think that, and we, we will not be in a competitive, in a, in, a, in a strong competitive position if we went about it exactly the way Salesforce went about it. And, right. that is, and that is the, that's the easier thing to do. Um, the hard thing to do is to solve for the challenges the way we've gone about solving for the challenges, yeah. right? Um, the easier thing is to essentially copy and paste what Salesforce has done, which, the, you know, they are, you, you mentioned that there are about 5,000 marketing tech players in the U.S. So yes. what to copy is not, <laughs> there's no scarcity in terms of what to copy, right? Sure. Um, but we also have the challenge of telling our story. Because, first of all, nobody has done what we're doing. We don't have a direct competitor in the market. So to tell our story and people understand what we are doing, only one thing can point to that, or one thing can validate that, which is the growth that we can unlock. If we unlock the growth, then everybody knows, okay, this is the right path, right? Um, so that is the mission that we are on. Yeah. And we think that if it's different, if it's solving to the needs of our customers, and if it's scaling, there's nothing else. And a really important aspect of this, which I didn't re fully realize until I started speaking to you, is that although you're serving that very large African market, not necessarily on behalf of African companies, you just mentioned Heineken, but you are traveling around Europe talking to companies who want to sell into Africa from outside Africa and explain to them how you've got the technology to reach the people they need to reach. Absolutely. So we, we, we think technology, first of all, is 
what does technology do? Technology it disintermediates value chains. Technology um, uh, breaks boundaries, right? Um, I, 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 we, we have offices in five, um, in five markets mm -hmm. in Africa, um, four in Africa and one in Bangalore, India, where our technology is built out of. Yep. Next year, early next year, we're going to set up an office in London. Oh. Our London office is going to be very focused on being part of the conversations, right? If technology flattens, makes markets borderless, right? Then we should be able to sit in London and do a deal with some of the largest brands, right? Yes. Who are thinking about Africa, who have businesses across Africa. We should be able to sit in London and decide that... And our team in London is engaging with the, EM, with the Africa teams of most of the relevant brands. Okay. And at that level, being able to do the deals in the right environment and and talk to the right parties, you know, we potentially what we are able to close is even much bigger. So this, with that, we can, what that also helps us do is it gives us stronger coverage, you know, and in terms of market ownership. Um, if we're in London, we are potentially going to then be in the same conversations as the sales forces of this world and all the other relevant players. Right. And you've been on this journey for about eight years and it sounds like you've got some exciting stuff coming up. Absolutely. We have been... You know, we, did, we didn't just um, start, um, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, we're very confident in the path that we're currently trading. Um, we're not a, we, we wouldn't call ourselves a startup anymore. No. Um, we're over a, about 130 people globally. Um, and we think that the business is on the cusp of very, very high growth. Okay, well, again, congratulations on your 40 Under 40 award. Thank you very much. It's a delight to have you here with us in New York and wish you all the best for the future. Thanks very much, Kim.